0: Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. welcome to episode 110 of lesbians who write this week's topic is what's in a name joining me claire Lydon, is my co-host the author with the top secret pen name tb markinson hello tb how are you today
1: oh you workshopped that one didn't you
0: (laughs) you know i'm not uh, we're on episode 110 tb i i know what i'm doing
1: (laughs) this is funny because
0: snafus happen tell me about your week
1: I have to admit I'm feeling like so low energy today do you ever have those mornings when you wake up and you're just like I'm not feeling it and of course it happened on one of my busier days of the week so there was no chance to um just stay in bed so here I am so I'm trying to pep up I did a little uh exercise beforehand and had like a a power snack so I'm trying to trying to get into this mood of podcasting all right so what have i been working on this may be one of the reasons why my energy is so low because i'm still struggling with the miracle girl man that book is kicking my ass
0: (laughs) are you writing more than 100 words a day that's what i want to know
1: my productivity right now is 250 per day that is a win right now the manuscript is at uh 14k And I'm getting about 250. It's bouncing between 250 to 500 a day So it's still pretty slow But like you said, I'm getting words on the page and that's pretty much what I'm calling a victory these days (laughs) Since I'm struggling with that project. I started another one. I I always um, juggle a few writing projects at a time and this one wasn't on my writing schedule until the very end of this year But I've started the next Lizzie book and that one, again, I'm adding about 250 to 500 words a day. The funny thing is, I started the Lizzie book about a week or two after I already started the Miracle Girl, and the word counts are almost tied. So now I'm wondering, which one's going to get finished first? <laughs> which which of my uh, resistant projects are going to make it to the finish line? Should we start making bets?
0: We should. Uh, write in and let us know, uh, everybody. Which one do you think is going to... Pip the other one at the post, Miracle Girl or Lizzie?
1: We should get like little like horses and like I can like try to do a graph and be like, it's a little neck and neck right now, we'll see. Writing hasn't been my mojo in the past, it's been what, almost three weeks now of this? That's life, that's this writing, that's what happens to you sometimes. But I do have some exciting news, want to take a guess what my exciting news is?
0: You went to a cafe?
1: Oh no. No? I mean I can I mean they're open here, but oh no I have not. But I got my first vaccine jab.
0: Oh, that is exciting news.
1: Yeah, and not only that, I got the first dose, um, the vaccine is the Moderna one. Now, see, that's the one Dolly Parton invested in. She didn't know at the time she was investing in that, but she's invested in the company. So I feel like I have a little bit of Dolly in me. I feel extra special (laughs) right now. I still can't sing, but I feel special.
0: Can I just say, vaccine, 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 vaccine.
1: I know she's saying that, why she got the vaccine, but I'm terrified of shots, so like, you know how hard it is right now? Like, you go to news sites or, like, TV shows, everyone's showing vaccines, and I'm like, stop, I can't handle the needles.
0: I am jealous of your vaccine shot, though, because I got the AstraZeneca, which is the blood clot one, so much less exciting than the Do- Dolly Parton one. You win the vaccine jabs.
1: And Dolly's a special. She's like a, a treasure, not just like a an American treasure, she's a worldwide treasure, like... I included one of her songs in the latest book, The Date. And I got a lot of emails from people saying, really like the Dolly love, well done. So everyone likes her, it seems.
0: She's an international treasure. They should they should saint her, shouldn't they? Saint Dolly, let's saint her anyway. What, what well, actually
1: it? they, they what? tried to pass in her state, I think it's Tennessee, they tried to pass a statue for her. And she said, that's very nice, but can we focus on defeating COVID first?
0: There is just no words to, to describe how fantastic she is, isn't there? Yeah.
1: So I'm just going to end on that. I know. How's it going over there? Well, I,
0: <laughs> I don't think I can compete with the fact that you got a jab, uh, that you got the Dolly jab. The only thing way that would be better if, is if Dolly herself came and gave you the jab. And do you know what? It's the kind of thing that she would do, right? Because she's just like that.
1: She'd probably sing to me because I was terrified. Yes,
0: of the people, for the people. All my news is rubbish, so let's just skip it, eh? Uh, no <laughs> I don't think that's how it works no Come on. <laughs> so uh, my news I am going along with my second draft of big London dream still I yes I had a bit of trouble <laughs> getting restarted on it but I had it quite a good week last week and this week it's this week is a little bit slower but I'm still ch- chundling trundling I cannot speak today trundling along but you know what I, I feel like I am reading more stuff about the 50s and a bit like you said, you might get stuck down a historical fiction research rabbit hole. I am doing that, but it's all really interesting. (laughs) So, you know, for instance, in my book, it was October the 12th, 1958. Now, you you might think that's a random date, but I just like to put sort of around the date it will be so I get the timeline right. And so I know what the weather will be and, and, you know, the lighting and all that. She walks past the Lyceum Theatre, which is just off the Strand on October the 12th, 1958, right? So um, I thought, I wonder what was on at the Lyceum Theatre in 1958, in October. I uh, looked it up, found out that that to to the scene, if anybody has ever been to London, the Lyceum is where the Lion King is. So it's quite a big theatre, it's quite famous, by Covent Garden. But on October the 13th, which is 1958, which is the day after my scene was set, IRL... Uh, Miss World took place at the Lyceum Theatre, and Miss World took place at the Lyceum every single year for about twenty years while it was running. So, so now I've got them with like banners and streamers of Miss World outside the theatre, and that's that is true. But you know, finding that out probably took about half an hour.
1: What is what is the Miss World? Is that like a, a pageant of sorts, or yeah. is it something else?
0: Yeah, it was like a, a beauty contest that okay. that was always on when I was a wee nipper. Always took place in London.
1: Well, there you go. So that's, you were just zoning in onto female history and you didn't even know it. I know. And can I say how much my heart just grew? I mean, not only did it grow because I have Dolly now, but that you said history was sort of interesting. Yeah. Wow.
0: I know. <laughs> I'm also reading a really good book. Um, I can't remember the exact title, but it's about the Gateways Club, which was a lesbian bar from the, uh, from the 50s to 1985. And it was the biggest lesbian uh, bar in london and it was in chelsea uh so i'm reading accounts uh from lesbians who went there so i'm obviously reading the ones from the 50s and it's real. that's really interesting the way it was set up the guy who ran it won it in a poker game and he set it up with his wife like as to be a lesbian night. and she brought her close friend and companion to be the bar <laughs> to be the bar manager <laughs> and there's pictures you that... ever figured it out well i think maybe he seemed quite happy with the arrangement so maybe it was mutual but that's really interesting reading about that as well so i've been doing that and getting a little bit of editing and stuff done as well <laughs> adding the 1950s color to the to the manuscript so i am about two-thirds of the way through so i hope to, i hope to finish by the end of this week but it might be next week by the time but anyway I've got time. The other thing I've been doing is writing a blog. So I've written a blog because I realised in March it was seven years since I started uh, my journey as an author. It's seven years since I published London Calling. So I decided to do a blog on seven, um, ten things I've learnt. I should have done seven, right? Ten things I've learnt in seven years (laughs) of being an author. Uh, So I just published that this week. Uh, So by the time this goes out, it will be all over social media and everyone will have read it in the world. That's how blog... Post work, well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: And when, when did you first publish? What was that year?
0: 2014.
1: So I guess that means I've been publishing for um, almost eight years and I missed that seven year itch.
0: You did? Yeah. Damn it. You can do. The COVID fucked everything. Yeah. <laughs> you were a bit itchy and a bit ill last year, but uh, <laughs> maybe you can do eight years as an author. Ten things you've learned. Damn it. No, do eight. Much better. <laughs>
1: I think I'll wait till ten years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I on D seven when I hit ten years of an <laughs> There you go. And the other thing I have nearly finished and oh my god, this one has been a, a dragging dragging around with me uh is the audio proofing of Hot London Nights. Again, I'm two thirds of the way through that, so I've been doing like a few chapters every day she's done a really good job but it's just i think i really enjoyed listening to the long weekend when i audio proofed that recently because i wrote it so long ago so i'd i'd forgotten most of it and it was actually really interesting to see how my writing style had changed and and to get back to the story and the characters that i'd kind of forgotten whereas hot london nights i wrote it last year it came out in um you know when did it come out? January. It's too close, so it's like, oh, I've got to listen to this again. That's
1: the thing. We're, we're starting to do the audio as close to a publication as possible because um, it does help with sales. But, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I'm constantly feeling like, oh, man, this, th- these books just never go away anymore. There was a time when you'd hit publish and you, were, you would get a break, but not anymore. Who's narrating that one? I know Claire Story did The Long Weekend, but who, who's doing this
0: one? Uh, Lucy Price Lewis does this one, and she's done all my London books, bar the first two. So she, she's done the last five, basically, and she's really she's a really good narrator. She's got a great voice, so I really like uh, working with her. And I'm two-thirds of the way through, and I haven't got one correction for her yet, so
1: she has a very English name.
0: Does she? At
1: least it sounded very English to me. I was like, that's like the perfect, what a good name for a narrator. I'll
0: let her know. Yeah. Tell her, TV approves. Okay.
1: Everyone
0: wants the TV stamp. <laughs> TV. <laughs> and one last thing, we are recording this on um, April the 13th. And that is the day, yesterday, uh, The the pubs, gyms and shops all reopened for the first time this year so pubs are only open to outdoor sales but so yesterday tv i was (laughs) very excited i went to the gym and this morning i went to tk maxx oh my god i've missed browsing and you know what? i got there at 9.03 it opened at nine o'clock i got there at 9.03 to avoid the crowds and it was me and all the shop assistants there was like one other customer it was great uh so i bought do you want to know what i bought i bought two new hand towels i bought some mint green kitchen tongs and um two packs of socks one of them like a red and black kind of lumberjack sort of checkered pattern uh, and i brought them home and my wife promptly stole them off me she said that they were far more her kind of socks so it turns out i didn't buy any new socks but i bought some new socks for my wife that's nice isn't it
1: is there is it her birthday anytime soon Does, can you just like mark this one off
0: no I, no that's just that that's it she's got some new socks so she's happy with me so that's good uh but it was so nice to just go into uh tk Maxx and browse
1: i i never knew that you were a tk Maxx shopper
0: oh i love tk Maxx, but only the one I, only the one in greenwich because it's not very busy i don't like busy shops and if you get there at nine o'clock no one in there so perfect
1: i did not know that about you and i remember when i first passed the tk Maxx because we have tj Maxx here and i was like why they spell it wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then i
0: figured it out Anyway, so that's it. Uh, that's what's been happening here. Very exciting. The shops are open, gyms are open, pubs are open. I don't know how I used to get any work done because, frankly, I've been distracted this week. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you're like I was really productive last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I don't know what's happened.
1: All right, so uh, so should we move on the comments?
0: Let's. What you got? Comment monitor.
1: All right, so we have two comment sections now. So first up in the regular comments... Uh, we have Alicia, and she was commenting on the fact in episode 107 I was saying I missed Irish accents, which I do. Alicia is wondering if I will ever set a book in Ireland, and the answer is yes, but not anytime soon. But if there is an uh, idea, we, we all know I'm the slow one of the group. <laughs> I get an idea, and then I like like to think about it for a really impossibly long amount of time. But there is something going on in my brain but I can't promise when it will be written. Any comments on your end before I go to the next section?
0: I sure do now, T V. Sure, sure to be J's, I do.
1: No, not not filling my needs. Appreciate the effort.
0: I do appreciate the effort. <laughs> I appreciate it probably wasn't the best Irish accent, but damn it, they haven't given me my passport. As soon as they give me my passport, I'll have a great Irish accent, all right?
1: I have to admit, it took me like a good two seconds to figure out what the fuck you were doing. <laughs>
0: so let's go to the comment section sure we will okay so uh, I've got Kate um, she got in contact and said thank you for introducing her to Find Away Voices she's long been a vo- uh, voiceover for radio and business but she's always fancied narrating audiobooks so she just signed herself up today to find away voices she says that our podcast is her favorite thing to listen to while she's in the shower so much helpful advice for her own novel which has taken 25 years to write but she finally finished her first draft last month so well done kate she says she loves both our books and she's had a little stab at what tb stands for tb are you ready go for it totally brilliant we could go
1: with that I thought,
0: I thought you wouldn't mind that yeah
1: i know um Harper calls it a tiny badass
0: oh there you go I didn't know that either
1: all right so we have a new section because last time or two weeks ago we uh mentioned that we had a new function on the website it's called buy us a coffee so if you appreciate what we do and you feel like giving us uh, a little boost you can buy us a coffee and we just announced it and we already have of five people who pitched in and bought us coffee so i'd like to say thank sean neen laura fiona and kathy we greatly appreciated it and man i could use some caffeine right now
0: <laughs> yeah no we did absolutely thank you so much to everyone who uh, bought us a coffee or two if you want to buy us a coffee to support uh, all the costs that go along with doing this podcast and running the website we'd appreciate it for now let's get on to the topic at hand which is what's in a name this just came up because I was thinking the other day how important it is to have contrasting character names in your books because I see it time and time again. And when I do my other podcast, I always go to go through the top 10s uh, lists on Amazon in the UK and US. And I always kind of read the blurb and do a little synopsis of the books. So many times I get books that have clashing character names or character names that shouldn't go together. What do I mean by this? Well lesbian, bi or queer romance always has two women in the leading roles right? It's kind of the point. If you've got a man and a woman they have different character names everybody knows who which is which but if you've got two uh, women you're gonna get first of all you're gonna get a tangled mess of pronouns it's inevitable trust me but so the one thing you can do to make your leading ladies stand out is to give them sufficiently different names. Crucially make sure they start with contrasting letters now, so no Jackie and Jess as your two leads, or no. I can't think of any other names. Any? Can you think of any other names with the same letters? TB. <laughs> <laughs> Going well this podcast, isn't it? No, Dawn and Deirdre. In fact, I want to what write a, about Claire and Cass. Definitely don't have the same. The names starting with the same letter. So we're talking about your two leads here, and ideally they should also have varying lengths and varying endings so don't then have two leads called Katie and Cassie that's still too uh, close together even though they start differently and they end differently but they sound the same so try and vary up the amount of syllables that you have in the names so the book I'm currently writing Big London Dreams has two heroines and they're named Eunice and Joan now you're not going to get them mixed up are you uh, before you say I do had Abby and Jordan in the hot seats and it, again they're they're different enough. My debut novel London Calling had Jess and Lucy. Now I think they're different enough as well. They're both four letters so it's not perfect but I knew nothing when I started seven years ago. Nothing. I'm going to give myself a pass but as long as they don't start with the same letter or they're similar sounding uh, letters or they have the same ending you should be golden. When I'm writing a book I always go back and see what I've used before because you will forget especially once you get to the amount of books that TB and I have written. Uh, I have written 18 novels. TB has written. Yes (laughs) <laughs> that's true I just thought I'd do it for shits and giggles TB is written more than 18 um, you always have favourite letters that you go back to right so as well as remembering not to have the same heroines with names starting with the same letter
1: yeah but- the supporting cash should also have different names not from the same letter because it gets very confusing for the reader to keep track of everybody
0: thank you thank you TB for coming in and saving me there yes um, and remember your brain works in the same way so a lot of writers always say how do I know my voice well you'll know your voice when you're writing we should do a, a podcast on that you know you know your voice when you're writing because it's just how your brain works so if you go back to that scene your brain will always think the same same thing again and it's the same with names your brain will always come up with the same names and the names are given the same letter so Note down the ones you've used and try and use different letters. Favourite letters of mine are J, G, K, S, C, R. Probably like half the letters of the alphabet really, but the other half I just ignore. So I'm trying to include those as well. That's just the uh, the side characters, uh, the main characters. Don't forget your side characters as well as T, as TB said. So I remember when Harper and I wrote What's Upon a Princess, I it to kicked it back because she said we had four characters beginning with the letter R and we went, mm, she's right, so um, yeah. Remember your side characters as well. Mix up the letters. Have different uh, amount of syllables. Yeah, and try and try and make them vary them up. But don't don't make them so out there all the time that then you're known as the the author who has the kooky names. Because you know you can have a few kooky ones, but not all.
1: Well, it depends what genre you're writing. If you're writing um, sci-fi or fantasy, your readers are kind of expecting different names. But if you're writing romance and have like really weird fantasy kind of names, um, it's gonna that's going to confuse the reader of what they're going to expect. But also remember your, your name, the name you choose for your characters can also help round out what, what your character is going to be like, like certain names. Like um, when we wrote the love project, one of the leading ladies, um, who we always, who one of the taglines is she was hopeless in love, but we named her hope intentionally because we wanted that um, the readers to have, that idea about hope in her head that she may think she's hopeless now, but you know what? By the end of the book, she's going to be so filled with hope. So, um, you can also, these are little tricks you can do when you choose a name because you can start developing your character just with the name.
0: Oh, I like that. Very good. She was hopeless in love and her name is hope. Did you both sit back and go, that's it. Our work here is done today. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. What's up beer? (laughs) (laughs) It's nine Oh five in the morning. We're having a beer. (laughs) And remember, if you come up with a really cool name, you could even use it as your title. There's quite a few books in there that just just use the names of their titles. Like Melissa Therese just came up with uh, Mrs. Middleton. Claire Ashton, she loves a name in a title. Poppy Jenkins, that's a very Welsh name, and it's a very Welsh book, so it kind of suited the book. And she
1: had, what, The Goodmans? Was that
0: another one? Yeah, she did. She loves a name in a name, doesn't she? A name in a title even.
1: I guess I never made that connection but now you said it I'm like oh
0: she does that's her thing yeah what's what's your favourite character name you've ever uh, done because I think when I was thinking about this one that we named is one of my favourites and that is from One Golden Summer And, and I have to say that um, I think we did a great job in all the character names in One Golden Summer. I know um, Saffron Oliver is a very strong name. Kirsty McBride. McBride is one of my favourite surnames. And Kirsty, strong name. But they're not my favourite character. My favourite character was uh, Echo Black. Great, great character name. And I got that from uh, seeing somebody uh, called Echo on Facebook. And it made me chuckle.
1: Yeah, I remember because we were having a call and I said we need... We need an evil name for um, Saffron's ex because she was such a Hollywood character. She was so over the top of, so into herself and she thought she was so much more important than she was. So we needed a really obnoxious name. And when you said Echo Black, I was like, wow, that that freaking nailed it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now I quite like it from from thinking that Echo was a rubbish, uh, ridiculous name for someone. I actually quite like it now. If I had a child, I might call it Echo.
1: It is is a very cool name. It's a very strong name. And I'm sure Echo Black, if we told her story, we could could redeem her. Oh, yeah. There's always two sides to every story. Remember that.
0: But I'm always on the lookout for a good name as well. So um, that is first names and surnames. Uh, so if I, if I do see a, a name I like, uh, I quite often just write it in my phone, send myself an email and I've, I have got a, a spreadsheet of names that I like, but I, I do kind of forget to update it, but that's a good tip, try and remember to update it. But you can look on Facebook, on age, um, you can type in, you can get websites that will give you the popular names of babies born that year, but I look on Facebook, I look in newspapers, um, I look wherever.
1: I'm terrible with coming up with names because I always go to my favorite names and I, I'm like no you can't have another you can't have another character by that name but what I like to do is I, I have a lot of uh, paperbacks so I like to wander my uh, my collection and just look at the names of the, the authors and stuff and that's how I choose a lot of them I, I probably should have kept track of who was associated with what because my memory is so bad mm. so I can't really share those little Easter eggs but at one point I knew Especially for the year your character was born try to figure out like don't choose the most popular name from that year but try to look at the list to see what is um, relevant or like um, Claire is working on a historical romance so what are your characters names again
0: uh, Eunice and Joan
1: those are old old-fashioned kind of names what's I'm wondering what's the nickname you have for Eunice do you know does your character not have a nickname no that's another thing I like to think of when I'm
0: creating a name. What's the nickname? Uh, okay. Uh, no, some of my characters have nicknames. Um, and uh, Joan, Joan's surname is Hart, So in the book, she is described as H, when Eunice didn't want to know, you know, when she was writing letters. And she didn't want anyone to know who she was. No, neither of them have nicknames. I have had uh, nicknames in other books, but not in this one.
1: Yeah, because when you said you had a, a favorite character name, one of my favorite character names is uh, J.J. from The Miracle Girl, the book that's killing me right now. Her real name is Jamila Jean, and I did that on purpose because I knew I was never going to call her by her name, but I had it where those were her names of her two uh, grandparents. And so as soon as J.J. appeared in the world, Jamila Jean went on her birth certificate, but no one ever called her that, and she only went by the initials J.J. But that I think that's my favorite favorite name it's two letters i can't fuck it up because i do have a tendency to spell my character's names wrong <laughs> never
0: spelled that one wrong. no even you can't fuck that one up tv i would also say one thing that has been said to me when i was uh, doing london calling i was also told to change the name of one of the characters uh one of my leads was called siobhan and uh, she was changed to lucy and that was because i was told that americans wouldn't understand siobhan um if i was doing that now i would stick with siobhan but you know i knew nothing seven years ago so I changed it. And that's fine, but I would leave it as Siobhan now because I think Americans would understand it. They could work it out.
1: Well, there's a, a popular uh, HBO show right now. I think it's Succession, where I think the, one of the main characters is now Siobhan. So uh, we've heard it now.
0: Seven years ago, though, would it have baffled you TV?
1: I don't know. I was living over there, so I don't think it would have. But if I hadn't, and it was more, it was popular, it was quite popular in Ireland as well. Hmm. So I, but um, everything baffles me though. Is... I'm not, I'm not the good, I'm not the good one to like throw the spaghetti against me because I'm always like, I don't understand what the purpose you're doing. <laughs> everything
0: confuses me. Stop throwing spaghetti at TV, everyone! God, rude. <laughs>
1: Another trick with uh, names because um, my latest book, The Date. The whole premise of the book is, like, the American who is this so excited to be in London, she moves in next door, and her, her neighbor, who is incredibly hot, also kind of is very closed off and everything. So I wanted a name where it would kind of rattle my my American character, so I named her Prin, P-R-I-N, which um, I was also very happy because when I looked up this name, it... it <laughs> It has a date to it because it came to England in 1066 with the Normans. And I was like, wow, this is like perfect for me. Historical nerdiness that only pretty much I know. Not many people are going to look it up. But in for most of the book, my American keeps thinking that print is actually short for princess. And she keeps going, you know, whatever, princess, blah, 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 blah. And then you don't actually learn the, the meaning of the name until the very end of the book. You have to stick with me to figure out what the name means but some of your some of your names that you use they do have like root meanings or they have like you're alluding to something or it could just be your character maybe your author favorite author has named their sexy lady after someone they had a crush on when they were like 12. I think I've done that can't remember which book now
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to think who I had a crush on when I was 12. Oh probably Debbie, Debbie Harry actually
1: Oh, I was going with a, like, fellow school person. Famous person, I
0: don't know. Oh, right, okay. I never really fancied anyone at school. It wasn't until I got to my, you know, later in life that I started fancying real-life people. I just thought if I could get to Debbie Harry, then she would love me, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, your only obstacle (laughs) to bagging Debbie Harry (laughs) was the fact that you had never met her.
0: Yeah, I thought so. (laughs)
1: it's my, probably still true yeah
0: my brother had a six foot poster of her on his wall and i used to chat with her
1: it a lively chat?
0: probably yeah her face was also um dangerously near the dartboard in my brother's room so she did occasionally get a, a dart in the face <laughs> but then my brother moved debbie because we both agreed that we didn't want debbie to get darts in her face anyway any more uh, name tips tb before we sign off this episode
1: well, I'm sure we can think of a hundred more, but we're really struggling on this episode, so maybe we should just bring it home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you've got any name tips for when you're writing. And do you keep a, do you keep a tally of all the names you use, like I do, and then ignore them? Uh, I'd love to know. We'd love to know. Let us know. Uh, comment on the website, lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us. Twitter us at our new Twitter handle, which is Les Who write.
1: It is. Good job. Thank
0: you. Uh, Or you can Instagram me. And don't forget, uh, we've got the Buy Us A Coffee uh, link on the website should you want to go and buy us one. All right, join us next week when we will be discussing...
1: Miserable writers. Miserable curse.
0: (laughs) Are writers all miserable? I think we know the answer. Join us next week and you can find out. Until then, keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee and sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.